Oh, hello, everybody. Welcome to Free Range American. This is a, a very special episode that I've been waiting for. You guys might recognize our guest from a previous one, Colonel Pete Donnelly. Welcome back, Colonel. Thanks, JT. Uh, I'm really excited to be here, especially on this topic. This, Yes, this is, this is one of those things that we, I, I think on that first episode, we barely brushed into it, but we wanted to save it. Uh, we made that decision back then that we wanted to save it to be its own episode, if not its own series, where you come back every couple months to update us. Um, I know some of you guys in the comments are going to love this. This is going to be an episode where I just shut up uh, because Pete's got a lot to say today and uh, he's going to kind of tell us a story and this big, big breakthrough and project he's working on right now. So yeah, just go ahead and start with kind of what you've been dealing with the last few years when this started and then how, how we've got to where we're at today. Okay. And again, you know, a lot of people say, I'm really excited to be here, blah, blah, blah. But I'm really excited to be here uh, on this because, I mean, I almost couldn't sleep last night because it's a it's an opportunity. You're giving me a platform to reach a lot of people. Uh, and, and I've learned a lot over the last six years in, in uh, this, this alternative cancer therapy approach. And it may, and I think more than any other episode you've ever done, it has the potential to actually physically help people and prevent uh, potential unnecessary damage and more so than than yes and that that's that's another thing that I'm I'm super excited about this I think this is going to be one of our just a, an amazing informational and evergreen episode that never will never will expire with with good information not to mention a lot of your and and my peers and friends are starting to deal with this stuff right now in their lives. They're starting to, to get the adverse effects of the burn, the burn pits and everything like that. They're, they're retiring and they're starting to really come into major health issues. And now all of a sudden for the first time in their lives, they're not this GI Joe superhero anymore and their body's breaking down. So yes, if you haven't picked up on it yet, you, you have cancer, you have three, correct? Correct. Uh, go, and, ahead, uh, yeah, go into details on that. All right. So uh, <laughs> speaking of expiring, uh, one thing I want to keep harping on is, and it, it really uh, highlights that, you know, we are all individuals uh, and, and that's uh, never more true than when you talk about biology. You know, we're created, divinely created the same uh, structurally uh, system of systems. And I'm going to hit on that. That's very important in the, trying to preserve those systems. but. Um, even if it does, doesn't work for me, doesn't mean what I'm going to talk about wouldn't work for you or for, for a loved one because of all of the, the probably millions of different factors that differentiate us, DNA, um, you know, and then you go into the bigger pictures, things like diet, exercise, history, uh, exposures in the past, heavy metal uh, levels in your, in your uh, system, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, to get after it, um, about uh, five, it's almost, it's about five and a half years ago. Uh, and coincidentally, I was at my retirement physical and uh, they picked up on some numbers in a blood test. And one thing led to another and said, uh, okay, you have cancer. 
So uh, what's an important part of my background is I, I never had anybody in my immediate family go through the cancer journey. So I was unaware of what that looked like. Um, now, I, you know me fairly well. And, and uh, one of the, the things that I think I have in my uh, toolkit is uh, I'm a logical person. So even though I have a doctor telling me something, um, I, I took it with a grain of salt until I did some research and then I either believed it or maybe refuted. I'm not an expert. I'm not a medical professional uh, by any means, but um, I, I did a lot of research. And so when the doctor was starting to tell me uh, these things about what I had to do and I had to do it quickly, I started doing research. So I think uh, one thing to point up, out up front is that... Um, Doctors are doctors, and, and uh, I, I believe they're genuinely good people who got into the profession to do good things. But in this day and age, they've become, some have, uh, and the ones I've dealt with universally have become procedurists. So if you're a, uh, a surgeon, uh, all of life's problems could be solved by surgery. If you're a radiation guy, you want to radiate everything. And if you're um, a medical oncologist, you want to poison everything with uh, chemotherapy. So uh, the, the doctor that I was exposed to initially was a surgeon. So she said, uh, you, you have to have surgery. And I said, okay, what, what, uh, what is that? First, what, uh, what was the first cancer that you were diagnosed with? Uh, prostate cancer. Okay. okay. So now okay. your doctor there is, is saying, hey, surgery is the way to do this. Right. And then, you know, again, I'll keep harping on this, but uh, the, the, again, the, the reason I'm really excited is because I get to share what I learned later. And if you know it beforehand, you're, you're equipped, you're armed for conversations potentially. But I'm also going to offer uh, a path to preventative, uh, a pre preventative uh, approach. And I believe in it. I, I, I would recommend it to everybody I love that, that they do what I'm going to suggest. But, uh, so, okay. Prostate cancer at the time I was, uh, uh, 54 and, uh, that's young. Uh, and unfortunately there's a scale with prostate cancer. It's called the Gleason scale and just barely having cancer is kind of a way to put it is a six. And the scale goes to 10, and really nobody has a 10 that's still walking around. I, I, I think I've heard of one, uh, and I had a nine. Oh, so uh, she said, hey, this is aggressive. And um, you know, she kept telling me the options. Radiation was an option. Um, uh, surgery, chemo doesn't work for prostate cancer. So that they, that those were the two choices that I was given. And I just said, well, what if I don't do anything? And she says, well, you're going to die. And uh, my next question was, when? And uh, she says, well, I can't tell you that. Again, after the fact, I, what I learned was there are hundreds of thousands of similar cases to mine where people have chosen not to take conventional treatment immediately. And, and there is a history, uh, and, and they've developed what are called uh, nomograms. So if you put in all your information, your age, your PSA score, uh, any un underlying health problems, or, um, you know, et cetera, it actually tells you, here's your odds of being alive in five years, 10 years, and 15 years. So I didn't know about that. They didn't tell me about that. But after the fact, I found out 
I literally had probably years before I would have had to make a decision. Instead, uh, I was told was I was going to die. Yeah, rushed. Yeah. Yes, and and then you know we folks might start hearing what sounds like conspiracy theory uh, as far as uh, big pharma and uh, the the big medical professions. It's a billion dollar industry. Absolutely, there are bad apples in there. Um, and and I'm not saying I'm not saying that. Um, in some cases, I believe that that yeah, would be this true. was a conversation you and I had years ago when I was telling you about like France and Germany and things like that, like where it's like, no, we know this. Like this is such a big money machine to keep people sick that it's it's common sense. It's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's an industry. It's yes. a it's an enormous industry. And um, and aside, this is a side note, but as an example. Um, I think it's hepatitis. Uh, I think it's either B or C. That uh, and and I've got nothing. You know, I can't refer to a, a particular fact. I, I did read this in the past, though. But uh, that they came up with a medication, and uh, getting the FDA to approve a medication takes billions of dollars of investment by the pharmaceutical companies. So uh, that what happened was they started curing people, so they didn't need a medication anymore. And now they're going, you know, um, again, this is my interpretation of it, but they're kind of going, huh, what are we going to do now? <laughs> you know, uh, we, we've actually cured people and it took billions of dollars and every patient that gets cured is a patient we lose. Um, so just just the little things, you know, something to think about. So anyway, I get the, I get the diagnosis and I still was not convinced. I, I, I'm thinking I'm not going to die from this. And you know, this goes to your probably the bulk of your audience. We are invincible. You, you know, as young people, as and we go through combat, and uh, you know, you've, you've had death-defying activities throughout your life. You know, your jumper, whatever, and and you just don't believe you're going to die. And and that's the way I felt. I said, I'm not going to die. This is not going to get me. And um, now, you know, you have loved ones, and the loved ones aren't. Uh, that they're not inside your head, you know, going through the same thought process you are. They're seeing it happen to you, so they get excited. And in this case, you know, I was going through the initial part of it, and and again, she was as ignorant on it as I was. But my wife, uh, you know, just started getting too nervous, you know, and she says, "You really got to do something." And and so I did, and I made the decision. And what I told her, and, and I think this is an important thing to remember, and, and I said, that was not just your decision. You did not make me do this. I have decided that I'm going to do this because I would have hated for things to go wrong and then, then you know, she feels bad about it the rest of her life. And it wasn't her decision. I made the decision, so I had the surgery. Mm -hmm. And uh, within, you know, I was going through recovery and, and uh, all that, and, and within seven months, it came back. So went through the surgery. They cut out. They cut it out, and then here it comes yeah. back seven months later. Yeah, and just so, so everybody knows, you know, when you when you're do, getting radiation, there, there's uh, just hopefully folks don't go down this path. But when you're considering this, the end result is is similar. Uh, when they radiate you, you, they're not sparing your prostate; they're destroying it with radiation. It's the same end result as uh, excising it through surgery. They're taking a part of your body away. 
either by destroying it in place or by excising it. And this is where I started thinking about, you know, when they took it out, they took, they take out surrounding lymph nodes and I'll go into the whole lymph system. You know, lymph system is important and, uh, movement for lymph system is important. I'll tell you, tell you about the prevention part of that. But so anyway, so now I've, I've had this surgery and I'm, it's like, no kidding, seven months later, and instead of being cured and, and I'm, I'm actually still recovering from the surgery, it's a little bit of a road to get back to, to normal. And now I'm, I got cancer again. So my skilled surgeon, uh, and I guess he, you know, the surgeon was probably pretty good, but but he he was one of those those guys that prided himself on numbers, and uh, that that was like rapidity. And they were he the guy was doing like I think he was doing five of these a week. They're five hour operations, robotic, and uh, that was kind of a point of pride. And it's like don't don't go too fast, you know. I don't want to be the guy who sets the new record. <laughs> Um, but he was kind of, he comes into the, the room, I'm in recovery and he's like, oh, I couldn't have went any better, you know, perfect. Uh, and they call it clean margins. So they, they take the lymph nodes and they take, uh, other parts around, uh, uh, the gland to, to examine, to see if the cancer had spread. And they said, nah, you're good. Well, again, seven months later, I looked to him, I go, now what? He goes, Hey, you probably ought to talk to a radiation oncologist. So now I'm starting to to get a little soured on the whole thing. And <laughs> that's the solution re- though. Like, nah, go get radiation is. now. We tried cutting it out. It is. That's exactly the attitude. And and um, you know, they're all not like that, but this is that that was my batch of doctors. So he said, Yeah, you gotta go talk to a radiation guy. So what they do is they radiate the prostate bed and uh they're trying to kill the cancer that survived the operation. And they measure it, and it's one of the the few cancers that they can measure through a blood test. So you get a PSA, you know, everybody knows what that is. But after you have surgery, it ought to be undetectable. They call it zero. And that includes less than 0.05. Once it gets over 0.2, you have cancer again. So my PSA rose, and then it crossed that line. Uh, So I was being threatened. Uh, with the return of cancer for months before it actually crossed that line. And then it's two successive tests and they go, yep, you got cancer. Let's go uh, to the radiation guy. So I went everywhere. I went, I talked to different radiation oncologists, went up to Memorial Sloan Kettering in, in Manhattan. And this is what kind of opened my eyes. That is uh, um, MD Anderson in Houston and Sloan Kettering, uh, arguably one, two of maybe the top three uh, cancer cancer institutes in uh, the United States. And I sat down with the prep nurse and before I got to talk to the doctor and uh, I started telling her about what I had been doing while I was you know, waiting to make a decision. And that was diet, um, supplements and things. And she just crossed her hands uh, on her lap over her clipboard and said, you know, we really haven't gotten anywhere near where we need to be with how diet affects cancer. And I'm thinking, this is the Cancer Institute of the United States and you don't know how diet affects cancer? (laughs) You know, so I talked to the doc and he says, yeah, you're going to die. And I said, okay. And I asked my wife to leave the room. Uh, So how does he say that? Like, how does that conversation go? 
Like, well, he's just like, uh, we can't. Was he saying, hey, radiation isn't going to work for this? No, he said he he was recommending radiation too. Because yeah. because that is the they call it standard of care. Yeah. So if this, then that. So if surgery fails, then you go to radiation. Uh, again, if if folks want to go to conventional path, something important to remember is if you get radiation first. There's only a few doctors in the country that can uh, uh, do surgery after radiation to a, a prostate. It's like a, a melted grilled cheese sandwich in the uh, yeah. microwave. Yeah. Well, also too, I think factoring in the fact that insurance companies are going to have their hand in this as well because they're the ones paying for it. So this is going to be a, a kind of like almost menu driven, or what would you call that? Like a like a assembly line that is the easiest and cheapest way for them to to run through this until you've exhausted, you know, the two options or three that you have and they go, "Uh, well, you know, we can't spend any more money on this." Exactly. So, as an example, when I was there, I had asked, well, I'll I'll finish the thought, you know, yeah. I, I said, "Okay, so how do you die from this?" And and I I, you know, wanted my wife to leave the room uh so she didn't have to hear it. And, he, you know, he told me up to a point, he goes, you don't need to know that. You don't need to hear this. And I'm like, okay, uh, tell me anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been in the military for 30 years. I, I, I deal with death. Tell me. And uh, so he, he started describing it, uh, you know, with prostate cancer, because of where it originates from, it goes to your bones. And usually it goes into the hip bones or your spine. So it can cause uh, pressure on the spine, cause paralysis. Uh, and the biggest deal is, and, and again, I, I'm, I'm learning on the fly. I did not know this, but uh, I think it's 90% uh, high percentage of your red blood cells are created in your hips, in your pelvis. Oh, wow. um, and so once the cancer gets in there, you, you develop anemia because your, your ability to make red blood cells is reduced. And then you're exposed to infections and then you get infections and you die. He said, okay. that's usually what happens. Yeah. So, okay, thanks. Uh, so I left there, um, went and had some beers <laughs> downtown Manhattan. What are you going to do, right? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> After that appointment, I just, yeah. I just love how you came. Well, you know, went to this doctor. He said, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's good. You know, I, I, but then he doesn't I want like, to tell you how. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like frankness, you know, tell me, yeah. you know, if he went like, you know, you got about an hour and a half, then I could make decisions. Mm -hmm. You know, I would go do something, you know? So anyway, uh, get home. And then I, I committed at that point to alternative treatment and, and, uh, I'll finish the rest of the, uh, cancer story real quick. So I'm, I'm doing things I've learned. I start researching and, and some wonderful, there's a lot of wonderful people out there. Unfortunately, they're going through the same journey that, that are sharing and uh, we're all learning together. And, and, uh, the, and this is again, why I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity because it, it gets the word out there and then knowledge is power. And, and then when you meet with your doctor or you're accompanying a loved one or somebody, you know, you can say, you know what? I heard this guy talk about black and then uh, it's something to consider. And again, I believe that most cancer, there's there's exceptions, and I'll say this in all all truth and and uh, in in earnest that uh, conventional medicine has absolutely a place, and they've made some great advances. I think childhood leukemia is 
curable. It's it's almost like the percentage of cure is in the 90s, which is awesome. And that's cancer research, et cetera, et cetera. But one thing you have to judge immediately is how much time do you have? And if you have time, try it out. Try yeah. an alternative try therapy. See, yeah, see how your body responds, you know? So anyway, I'm doing all, all this alternative treatment and uh Part of the follow-ups with the cancer is is uh, usually always to go get a, a PET scan. So, uh, and and let me explain a little bit about cancer for for those who just aren't know the word and they're afraid of it. Um, and I most this I don't I'm not uh, talking down to, to anybody in the audience here, but it is because um, I didn't know. I, I, I mean, know. I didn't. Know. Yeah, yeah. I, I like what the hell's cancer? So. Uh, the thing the the probably the most important thing and the reason cancer is so hard to get is because it's you it's it's a uh, a morphing of uh, cells within your body uh, that have changed and they're not normal and the biggest thing that has changed in them they have forgotten how to die and the reason that we we uh, last as long as we do is because we replenish ourselves through the death of our cells. And when a cell dies, it puts its resources, the, the um, waste, the cellular waste, into the lymph system. And it's absorbed back into your body. The nutrients are used. The, the toxins are expelled through your elimination systems, et cetera. That's why uh, one of the first things they do when you get cancer is to look at lymph nodes. And, and I'll point out, I, I have lymph node involvement from... Uh, this next cancer I'm going to get to, but, um, so anyway, I'm, I'm, uh, getting to the point where, uh, I'm going to get a, get a uh, PET scan. So I'm sorry. I was sorry. I was going to describe cancer. So cancer is, and, and it, what happens is when those cells mutate, that's the proper word to use. Um, they rapidly divide. Now that's a bad thing because they grow fast, but it also makes them vulnerable. Uh, the fastest dividing cells in your body are the weakest. So when you get chemo, that's why you lose your hair because your hair is is probably the fastest. Yeah. So uh, it's just a reflection of of that poison in your body, and then um, um, you know the cancer. So the cancer is gettable, but the reason that it's hard to get is because your immune system sees it as you. It's it's your DNA, it's your makeup, you know. So it's searching, it's hunting, and 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 looking for stuff to kill. Doesn't doesn't identify it. Doesn't ID it. So one of the advances in cancer research is how to, um, you know, uh, put a laser uh, marker on the cancer, and then then <laughs> let your uh, body use, attack it itself. Yeah, okay. yeah, and uh, so so cancer is is uh, it's pretty weak. It's kind of easy to kill if it wasn't in a human body, because the things that can kill it, um, you either have to like. It's funny because they'll say uh, pomegranate juice uh, will kill cancer cells. Yeah, if you take it out, <laughs> you put it on a, a plate and you pour pomegranate juice on it. But th- that, that's a that's an oversimplification. The antioxidants uh, help uh, oxidize your body and, uh, or sorry. Um, change the pH of your body and, and et cetera, et cetera. And they help and it's healthy, you know, it's a healthy thing. And, and I'll go into each one of those in the future, but so cancer uh, grows uh, and depending on where it originates from, it grows rapidly or it grows really slow. Prostate cancer typically grows really slow. And most men 
I think the, the statistics are 85% of men will die with it um, versus uh, die from it. Um, you know, it's the biggest killer of men that that is not an accidental death or I think heart disease is number one. It's the biggest cancer killer of men is prostate yeah. cancer. And one of the reasons is, is because, you know, we soldier on, you know, it's like, ah, you know, I, I don't feel good or, you know, whatever, just keep going. And a lot of people don't go to the doctor. And then by the time they, they detect it, it's stage four and it's kind of too late, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, uh, the, there's a lot to cancer. Uh, I mean, I can go on, on and on, the, 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 uh, but that's the main thing. It's rapidly dividing. It's of your own cells. And when it spreads, say my, my uh, you know, knock wood, my prostate cancer uh, spreads and it goes into your lungs, uh, it's still prostate cancer. It doesn't, you know, they don't call it lung cancer. Okay. It's, you know, it, it just once uh, it metastasizes. Starts, well, yeah, once it's, it, start, it originates in a place and then starts traveling. Right. Okay. And that's the, that's the worst part of it. it it's, and this is, this is where I use the uh, military analogies a lot. It, it's like a, a, uh, an enemy special force incursion. Um, and the, the thing I'm going to propose later about the preventative measures is trying to keep them off the beach. You know, you don't want those, those uh, cells to colonize anywhere, and you certainly don't want them to spread. And uh, I'm in the midst of, and you asked me to talk about it, I will, I'll hit it up. It's my kind of main point at the end is what I'm doing now um, to prevent that. And, and that's kind of why I'm still alive. You know, speaking of which, uh, uh, as I, I'm back to the uh, CAT scan, so uh, PET scan. So um, another you aspect. Leave, you leave Brooklyn now. You decide after your meeting up there that, hey, you're going to go your route. And, uh, and then you're going to get this, this PET scan. Right. This okay. is uh months later uh-huh. and, uh, I get the, the scan and, uh, they go, well, uh, good news. <laughs> you know, when they always start with, well, the good news and, and that, <laughs> that was, uh, the, uh, cancer hasn't spread, but we've got some spots that we're concerned about and you need to get a biopsy. And and that's another part of the process I didn't mention is is in prep, prep, prep preparation for uh, the surgery they did a um, a biopsy and that's to tell them what the the uh, intensity in this case the Gleason score was so I get the results at a PET scan and uh, um, there was uh, two spots and uh, they called it um, at the base of tongue so it's in your throat. So I went to a, a head and neck cancer guy and um, it, it was deep. You know, if it's in your throat or, or at the top of your throat or in your tongue or something, they can, they can just do a biopsy right there. But it had to be like a full-blown uh, put-me-out um, surgery uh, to now, get after. Now, this is a whole new thing. Whole new thing. So, so yeah, you're, you're trying to battle prostate cancer with, you know, unconventional medicine. And now you go in to get scanned and they go, well, there's something up here in your throat. Right. So, uh, so then I go, I get the biopsy and they go, yep, sure enough, you got uh, cancer in your throat. Uh, again, they, 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 it's in my throat, but they call uh, like your tongue, you know, sits there like this and then your it starts to go into your throat and they consider this part still your your tongue. But, uh, anyway, it's, it is throat cancer and, uh, they, they consider anything 
uh, above your collarbone, head and neck cancer. Mm-hmm. And and what's interesting too is so they said, okay, so what are we going to do? And and you know here it comes is like well the, the doc said it's too hard to get to to do surgery, and in this case I would have thought yeah you know I probably probably would do surgery if you can just take out the tumor. And the thing about tumors uh, that that folks may not know is that they're actually a good thing. They're your body capturing something bad. So in this case, it ID'd uh, the cancer and it it is Keeps encapsulated it. Exactly. It's trying to hold it at bay while you, and from my perspective, use diet, exercise, supplements, uh, other treatments to try to kill it while it's being corralled like that, held in place. So find, fix, you know, target, track, uh, assess, you know, whatever. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so here it is. I got this cancer. They said um, too deep for surgery. Um, and uh, we we had called a guy at Washington's uh, University of Washington uh, D.C. Uh, and he said, I-, "I can do it. I can do the surgery. I'll go in there." He goes, "45 minutes, and uh, you know, a couple weeks later, you're as good as new." He told me at that point. He said, "Don't do radiation." Okay. He said, "The side effects of radiation are horrible." And uh, what what ha- occurs there? So the the radiation is in the throat, but uh, your head and neck are full of lymph nodes. So what they would do is they would spray radiation to get to that tumor across your head, and mm. they hit your um, no <laughs> your um, um, brain stem, your optic nerves. And your salivary glands, you have uh, salivary glands in your cheeks, under your jaw, you know, et cetera. And all of those would be subjected to uh, 36 reg- uh, sessions of radiation. Oof. And the after effects of that uh, can be absolutely horrific. Or, you know, they keep saying, you know, you could be one of the lucky ones that, that uh, you just have to carry around a bottle of water the rest of your life because you don't have saliva in your mouth anymore. So I started thinking about that. So I, I went to another doctor, said same thing. And I went to a military doctor who I'd worked with before. And he had seen something in my um, parotid gland. And that's the salivary gland right here in your cheek. And he said, uh, you know, we ought to take that out. He said, it's extremely rare that that would turn to cancer. It's probably a benign tumor, but I would like to take it out. I go, okay, what's the consequence of that? And he goes, well, it's wrapped around the central nerve. So this nerve that goes through your cheek feeds your uh, shoulders, uh, your smile, your jaw, your, you know, uh, it actually, you know, spreads across your face like this and goes down to your shoulders and stuff. And he goes, if I hit that, um, you're not going to, you're going to have kind of a crooked smile. You won't be able to smile, uh, you, you know, um, your facial droop, you know, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. And that's a preventive measure. And are, you don't you even know like, that that's cancer. Uh, oh, we go in 15 rounds with this? So come on now. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus. And, and that's where I started to think, you know, this is really kind of medieval. Um, you know, and the idea being, and, and I'll harp on this over, over and over again, that uh, um, 
you want to keep your body intact. And as I mentioned at the beginning, that that uh, it's divinely designed a system of systems. Everything's there for a reason. And if you start taking pieces and parts out, you got to either compensate for that or suffer uh, from the lack of what that thing is that was doing. So I decided after uh, session after session, when I went to the military guy and he pointed to the parotid, I said, okay, with what I got going on in the throat, I said, what do I got? And he said, you, you got between one and three years. And I said, till he goes to live. I go, okay. So again, like blunt. So I got one to three years if I do nothing. And he said, that's right. And I go, okay. So uh, I'm figuring, okay, one year from now, <laughs> and what can I do within that period of time? And, uh, uh, you know, so... But he's froze right now. Uh, okay, one year from now. Um, yeah, so one year from now, what can I do within that period of time? Uh, and so I said to myself, I'm, I'm just going to go full bore for alternative therapies. And I took a, a break from seeing the docs. And it was, uh, I think it was almost, uh, it was over a year, which was unadvisable, of course. But uh, so I go to see uh, the oncologist that was assigned to me by the military. Um, you know, nice doc and everything. And, and, uh, she comes out and she goes, wow, I was expecting to see, uh, my words, not hers, but a, a chocolate mess. I, I thought you would just be by this time, you know, the cancer would have advanced, et cetera. She looks at the PET scan and, and said, you know, um, you're doing okay. And then it was, except for <laughs> then that was the third cancer is the parotid cancer. So the reason I mentioned that earlier that it was rare is if you look up parotid cancer, uh, the primary cause of it is radiation. So uh, as we talked in in the last uh, episode that we did together, uh, focused on the publishing company, um, I served on B-52s during a Cold War. uh, You were around nuclear bombs a lot. Yep. And part of the uh, um, the checklist, uh, I was a bombardier, radar navigator, uh, and you were on alert one third of the time. So every third week, you you sat alert, and every day of those seven days, you would go out, and there was twenty four nuclear weapons on the airplane, and I had had to like take a flashlight in one little hole. There was two holes, so I'd put a flashlight up there, and I put my eye. Uh, on this side to look to see if the weapons were armed. So day after day, bomb after bomb, I'm sticking my face up against uh, the nukes. And uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned it in the in the uh, previous session, but uh, uh, from the, that service and those crews that served there, the equivalent of an entire crew died in their 30s and 40s uh, uh, from really different cancers, but we all believe that they were uh, brought on by exposure, uh, exposure to radiation. radiation. Yeah, right. And, and I, I think the, the VA and so slash the government acknowledges that, um, that my 
cancer is termed uh, service related. Um, and uh, so anyway, so I'm, I'm on cancer three and I'm, I'm th- every time the docs say, you know, you ought to do radiation. I go for which one, you, you know, should I, uh, <laughs> And then, and, you know, if you radiate your, your uh, prostate bed the way they want, you know, they, they recommend. And again, you know, I, there's some people do it and they, they, they soldier on and, and they may not have as extensive side effects as, as other people. Um, but I always look to the worst case. Do I want to go? And, and when they radiate your prostate bed, they're going to hit your rectum. They're going to hit your bowels. You know, they're going to hit uh, other stuff down there that's important. You know, and that can make you extremely it, uncomfortable and not have much of a quality of life. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's the, that's what I started focusing on. Uh, and it, I had some, a lot of interesting feedback from doctors when I talked about quality of life, you know, was, uh, you know, they, they would say, you know, your quality of life isn't very good if you're dead. Um, so what's the, what's the big deal about having to carry around a bottle of water or, um, no, that sounds, <laughs> not that's not how smile. I think. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but, uh, so, so I am firmly then on the path of alternative treatment and I'll tell everybody that, uh, I reserve the right to call in the Calvary if, and I say that like, it's not my right, of course. And that's one of the things I want to emphasize to everybody is, is you're in charge. It's your life. Uh, your doctor does what your doctor does, but you're the boss. And uh, it has to make sense to you. And that's where I mentioned logic earlier is that, um, you know, like with three cancers, if you start treating all three of those independently with the potential side effects, you, you know, I'm going to be, you know, could be. Uh, like some kind of Frankenstein, you know, that that's alive, you know, sure. But a, a lot of things aren't functioning and, and there's a lot of discomfort. And, and, and I do like, I might've mentioned, uh, I, I follow a lot of, uh, folks, uh, in similar, on similar journeys at, at different sites and things. And, and I read about them going through conventional journeys and, uh, some of the stuff is just sad. It's a, a horrific, and these poor people, they're, 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 uh, suffering. They're suffering. You're and, carrying and, around uh, a duffel bag of medications every day, like to, to combat side effects or yeah. other issues that this has caused and things like that. No, I mean, so, so this was, this was a, a year ago or so, a little bit over a year ago when you finally Saw that I would last. say more. Yeah. Yeah. I, then- I would say more. Uh, uh, and I, I recently, uh, as, as a result of my alternative therapies, yeah. uh, I'm now registering four different uh, things, a blood test, and then the, the uh, uh, activity when uh, an important part of cancer is uh, at least uh, it's confirmed by the techniques they use to do PET scans is they use um, uh, glucose, sugar. And they uh, have a radioactive uh, isotope that they put in, in the uh, sugar, and they inject it in you, and then you wait. And then uh, the thing about cancer, love sugar. So the activity as the cancer is sucking up the, the glucose, it's sucking up the radiation. And the movement of that radiation registers as uh, standard uptake value. So when your SUV score goes up, down, whatever, it shows how aggressive the cancer either has become or whatever. 
So, uh, and the last, and, and I, sorry, I mentioned before, so I have a lymph node right here mm-hmm. that, that is involved. So I have cancer in that lymph node in, in earlier times that would be considered uh, stage three or four, and then, uh, the parotid gland here. So these two remained, um, statistically insignificant changes, but the throat, because of what I was doing, uh, got about. 15% better, um, which I thought, and I mentioned to the doc, I said, you know, to me, uh, I'm a math guy. That's pretty good. Um, and she goes, yeah, 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 that's better. And uh, my uh, PSA, I, I've gotten that. And again, you know, knock on wood, uh, I've, I've kept that to where it fluctuates a little bit. And then as you mentioned, uh, uh, you know, pre-broadcast here, um, some things have a direct result on those blood blood tests, and that's how I've gauged uh, what to focus on and what to leverage to help. Um, my doctor resisted. You know, I had a conventional doctor, and he said, uh, "You know, doing a test every month is silly. You know, why are you doing that?" I said, "Well, here's why," and I explained it to him, and he goes, "Oh, okay," and he let me keep doing it. But it costs like sixty bucks to do this. The, the blood test. I, I mean, I'll, I'll shell out for that. Well, your, but, your, uh, your background in education is physicists, like or, or physics, right? Like, <laughs> right. So you yeah. going, yeah, well, well, this is what I do. I, <laughs> I test and I, <laughs> and I modify and I test and I modify. So yeah, when a doctor's going, why would you do that? Well, <laughs> let me and, tell and, you and, how yeah, science you know, that, works. Yeah, that's, that's right. And it's, it's the, uh, maybe the blessing and the curse of, uh, analytical mind is, is, and, and you, and as you know, and, and, and folks probably know too, is that, uh, you, you can't change too many variables if you're testing something, mm-hmm. you know, the optimum is if you change one thing, then you can see what the change, uh, the result is. So like, I wouldn't change my diet and then then shift to uh, you know like ch- take a new supplement and a medication all at the same time because I, yeah. I don't know what's happening. Excuse me. So I went to a maintenance mode on uh, and I committed recommitted myself to the alternative treatments. And uh, what I've learned over these last five years is well many things, but the the thing that I really want to relate to your uh, uh, listeners and viewers is that uh, what I'm doing now to fight three active cancers and I've, I've beat the odds and I'm, I'm still, you know, actually I, I, I feel pretty good. Look at you. You've got all <laughs> your hair. You look great. Are you're still running? Like, yep. okay. And this has been a five year journey. And if I had opted, uh, the other route, I'm not sure, you know, where I would be right now, but, um, I, it, it, so uh, getting back to the, the point, so if I'm doing this, and and again, you know, I'm not saying I'm, I'm going to cure cancer, but I, I have learned how to live with it and how to fight it. And one of these days, I'm going to figure out the combination of things, and I've tried a ton. If I started listing it right now, it would probably take the rest of our time just in, in you know, bullet items of, of what I've done. But if you do these things, if you do them, if, if other younger people start doing these, and, and my conclusion is if you can do them as little as once a quarter for, say, eight days. If you try one of these, not try, do them, you know, do one of these protocols uh, 
for that eight-day period, they're not hard. Um, one of the most powerful things for your immune system is fasting. Uh, I know that's some folks say, oh, it's too hard. I, 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 I'm hungry all the time, et cetera. Trust me, you get past day three and, and you're not hungry anymore. Um, and you got to manage yourself. You're not going to go lift weights, you know, while you're fasting. The objective is to reset your immune system and that'll do it. Um, so if you, you know, as an example, I always use, if, if you look at, um, if you have a dog and your dog doesn't feel good, it doesn't eat. It goes and lays in a corner, it drinks some water once in a while, but it just sits there and lets all its resources be dedicated to its immune system to fight what's ever wrong with it. And I think doing that has, and, and the, uh, the documentation behind fasting is for, for centuries, uh, and, and people do it today. And, and the, the feedback I've read about fasting and experience myself is it really makes you feel good. And it makes you question, okay, well, what am I eating that makes me not feel this good all the time? You know, and it may not be what, it might be when, it may, might be how much. And, you know, in the American diet, you know, we got to eat three times a day with snacks in between. And, uh, you know, it's bread, meat, cheese, you know, all these yeah. things that, that cause inflammation. And that's what causes and leads to, in some cases, uh, cancer. So uh, when so you fast for three straight seventy two hours no food. Oh, I go five six days. You're serious? Just water? Yeah, just water. Wow. Now I use this other concoction that's uh, lemon and garlic recently, and and I'll I'll take a, a sip of that uh, too. And uh, man, that makes me feel instantly pumped. You, you know, like it's. Uh, it, it's a. I, I can get into all the the recipes and stuff, but it's basically just a concoction of lemon and garlic and water. And I take um, three ounces of that, and within five minutes, I feel like uh, I just got a shot of adrenaline. I feel peppy and happy, and, and you know whatever. And yeah, back to the fasting. Uh, you're, you're getting that uh, ketosis uh, occur. So there's so many benefits to fasting, and and some people people, you know, it really is hard and, and it could be dangerous. You know, if you're hypoglycemic, you know, you, you can't just do it because I say so, you know, you got to look into it. And, uh, uh, but if you're, if you're fit and you don't have any underlying conditions, uh, it might be something that I would recommend you try first. And then, you know, again, uh, that's a minimum once a quarter. And let's, let's assume that, that in the JT chart of life that you don't have privy to look at, um, and I'm not, I don't want to jinx you at all, but let's say when you're 109, you were destined to uh, get cancer. Uh, by doing this, maybe it's 110, maybe it's 112, maybe it's 115, or never, you know, you know, maybe you get hit by a bus and you don't have to worry about it, you know? Bus is yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's other ways. There's worse ways You to know go. I'm going through uh, pilot training now, so I mean... Oh, I like okay. To, I like to screw around a lot, so <laughs> well. Let me let me knock on wood there. <laughs> no, this uh, is and and so now up to this point, where what are you looking at? Like, what's it looking like? How's the what does the prostate cancer look like? Well, uh, I think I would call it stable. The last uh, event I had was a PET scan in um, late July, early July. And that's the doctor just said, hey, looks stable. 
So that was good news because I, I had had, sometimes you get manifestations of things like uh, um, I was doing one particular protocol and my uh, lymph node and my uh, parotid gland swole up, you know, so there it was, that, that was scary. Uh, and then recently uh, I've had a, a pain in my throat, but I've also been, you know, kind of throwing gasoline on the fire. You know, there's things that, that, that uh, kill cancer and I figure, well, what better way to do it than apply it directly? And that's the lemon, the garlic. Um, and, and I've noticed that uh, uh, certain things that are acidic will light that up. And so I'm conscious of it. Um, and uh, I think the stability of that result has emboldened me to continue. My next uh, event is in November. It'll be another PET scan. Uh, so I am setting, uh, I've got a plan to, uh, to put in action some of the other protocols that I've done in the past that I want to resurrect because, and this is important, the one part I, I didn't mention on a cancer, I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place here, but uh, with cancer, I, I'll use the term smart. It, it uh, wants to live, it wants to colonize, and it wants to hide. And uh, the living part is if you throw something at uh, one of its LOCs, it, its lines of communications, a supply line or something, and uh, you're starting to starve it, then it will tap other uh, LOCs to fuel itself. So, and those are glucose, uh, um, you know, there's, there's a list of uh, several, uh, I don't want to try to do it off the top of my head, but if you say you block glucose by not eating anything with sugar, which unfortunately for me, I love fruit, uh, includes fruit, fructose is sugar. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, but if you block that path, then it's going to go another path to uh, fat is the uh, another path. So you would have to block fat and you'd have to block sugar. And then Maybe there's a third one that that particular cancer feeds off of, and they're all hormonal driven cancers that typically uh, feed off fat, and and that goes to uh, someone's weight. Um, the the heavier you are with more body fat, that's more places for cancer to hide. It's it's more you know uh, yeah and right. So, but it's smart. So it, it'll uh, so that's where we introduce. Um, this new protocol that I've started, it's almost a year now, but uh, they used repurposed pharmaceuticals to block those pathways. And there's a wonderful woman, she's from England, and this clinic is in London. And, and uh, you know, I think they're great. They have a satellite here in um, North Carolina, Duke. But she, through her own uh, tenacity and, and uh, you know, kind of arguments with doctors, came up with uh, what she called a metro map. Uh, her name's Jane McClellan, and, and she uh, wrote this book, How to Starve Cancer Without Starving Yourself. And uh, so she's figured out how to block those with supplements, uh, food, and some medications. So this whole clinic was based in part by her efforts, and, and that's what I'm doing now, is I'm taking some benign pharmaceuticals that were used to like stabilize blood sugar, that, that's stopping the glucose path and I'm taking a statin. Now, normally I, I don't like statins because, you know, they can have effect on muscles and, you know, long-term use is questionable, but overall, I, I guess they say that they're fairly harmless. Um, 
again, I wouldn't take it if I didn't have to, but it thins your blood, which is a pathway to, uh, for the cancer to spread. Uh, so with that and, and other things like mabendazole, mabendazole is a um, pinworm medication. And uh, there was an NPR article a couple of years ago uh, that uh, a guy, you know, kind of cured him. He didn't kind of, he cured himself of a stage four cancer by taking it. So they looked into it. Sure enough, it, it has anti-cancer uh, compounds. And I was taken for the longest time. And, and this is one of those I'm going to start back up on is fenbendazole. And that is a dog dewormer. So I go to the <laughs> Walmart, empty the shelf of dog dewormer, go home. It's a little packet. I take the right amount. I put it in my uh, my goop in the morning that I eat. That's anti-cancer goop, uh, <laughs> and muck it on down. So it's just that there's and there's so many of these types of things that uh, you know the cancer. I believe the cancer is is uh, it's subdued, uh, if not reeling, and and that my objective is to stay alive long enough to where uh, the cancer community, the medical community, conventional community comes up with uh, the cure. Um, And my whole pitch to everybody is that you don't want to be cured by the conventional realm. You want to be healed by your own body. Mm -hmm. So you help your immune system. you, You take the things that will help you rectify the imbalance that created the, the cancer in the first place. So one of the things that uh, I also wanted to emphasize to everybody is, again, this is me thinking along my lines, but I, I think you can get cancer uh, three different ways. Um, one is, and I think this one is the most curable, is if you cause it. So if you smoke, if you uh, don't eat well, if you sit on your butt, you know, all things that... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> No, but if you if you are heading down the road of your own creation, yeah. just go. Wait a second, you know. Let me take that eight days a, a quarter, or mm-hmm. maybe make it a you know a couple days a month or something, and and reverse that. Let me take a break from abusing myself, you know. And then, uh, but I think that's the one that's most uh, reversible. Um, then you've got uh, um, hereditary. Yeah. You know, runs in the family DNA. You know, that's that's tougher. Um, but, uh, that's one I think that, yeah, you're coded to just have that problem. Right. And, but there's things that accelerate that or contribute to the, to that last step to getting the cancer that I think you can fight. And the, and the last one, unfortunately, I think those are the one I, I have, those are the ones that I have are the environmentally created ones that, you know, that radiation, let's say, let's assume, uh, altered my DNA. Um, I lived a healthy life. I avoided sugar. Um, I exercised, um, you know, um, et cetera. So I think that that, that's a tough one because now I gotta, I gotta kill all those cancer cells and, and I have to get my body to try to fix what that messed up 20 years ago. Cause it takes 20 years to see the effects of that. And bingo, I, to, to the day almost from my last alert tour, tw- you had 20 years to that. And here I am you know, or here, there I was. Yeah. But it, like, like you said, you've, it seems that you've halted all three of these in their tracks. And now what you're doing is just, you, you have your body set up to where it's, it's 
not allowing them to spread or do or, or, or mutate or get into other areas of your body at that point, you can just live with them. That's, at, that's at this, what at this position, couldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm, 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 you know, if I didn't know I had it, I wouldn't know I had it Yeah, uh, kind of thing. But, you know, I say that, but sure. I get, like I said, some manifestations once in a while, but uh, you know, that's really the point of the protocol that I'm on is to sustain. Uh, my doctor says, you know, that doctor as part of that clinic, uh, he does say, he goes, you know, you could still consider doing uh, conventional treatment, maybe get the radiation and stuff. But uh, sorry, he doesn't say radiation because he's with me. He says uh, one of the worst, uh, he says is probably if 10 is the worst, it's probably an eight or a nine is to get the head and neck yeah. cancer treatment. Um, so he says, I, I think you're doing great. And uh, so once in a while, you get a very encouraging doctor. Uh, and then there's this a whole other aspect of this, which is the mental, the emotional, uh, spiritual um, aspect of it. And I, and this journey hasn't been uh, like walking through uh, hell. It, it's been enlightening. I've met some wonderful people and I've learned so much that, uh, you know, I think that uh, some of the people I met uh, especially along the the spiritual mental side have really opened my eyes to me. Like I learned about myself, you, you know, who, who, who am I? You know, I, I would never have known cause I just would keep on keeping on doing me stuff. But I, I had to stop and think about uh, what's, what is deep down inside bothering me? You know, is there something bothering you? And that's a key aspect is stress, not like I'm a mom or dad and I got kids and you know, that's normal and that should be happy stress, you know? But there's other stuff like that, some kind of, you know, inner family strife, uh, some serious, uh, um, you know, things that disturb you, that make you grind your teeth at night, you know, you know, politics aside. But uh, yeah, yeah, you know, but those kinds of things, you have to address them because that not that's not good. Stress is designed to motivate you to do something, but having it every day unresolved, that's not good, you know, and then. You know, allowing yourself to meditate, you know, meditation, I, I, you know, I never met, I still haven't figured out how to clear my mind of everything and allow my brain to do a reset like you're supposed to, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy, especially, you know, for guys like, you know, I'll say guys like us that got stuff going on, you know, there's always some, always planning, planning, right. You wake up in the middle of the night, you know, instead of going back to sleep, you know, you start thinking you're, you're, and you're, yeah, you're planning. You're done. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You're planning. Well, yeah. I mean, also too, I think this is a good time to, to tell us about, you know, all this stuff you're learning. What are you doing with it? Well, I'm glad you asked because, uh, you, you know, I'll keep saying this. I, I really appreciate this opportunity because it does mean it make, it puts meaning to, to everything to be able to get the word out to everybody. So once I started on this journey, uh, because in, in no small way I can, I can actually, when I, maybe when I wake up at night, I can think, you know, maybe somebody listened and, and maybe they're trying something, you know, and I, I haven't been very specific. I, I've got a whole list of stuff I mean, we'll wait for that I can talk about. This, it's to come up. Like, I can't wait to see the comments because you, you know, someone out there's father or their brother or them themselves maybe just got this news in the last two weeks. And 
maybe you know they don't have the foresight or anything to think that there's any other option but chemo or or surgery or you know poison like you said medication surgery chemo all this radiation so like like no I, i i'm so glad that we get you to do this but yeah yeah you are a uh uh, multiple time author now, and uh, you've been compiling all of what you've learning now, and you're you're doing a book on this, right? Yes, awesome. and it's been uh, long in, in the making, like most books are, you know. And and uh, I set out initially um, thinking that I, you know, be honest with you, I wasn't sure I I would be able to finish it, um, meaning that you know I when somebody tells you you got one year to live, maybe writing a book and, and telling people, this is what I did right before I died. <laughs> you know, it was not a very motivational <laughs> book. <laughs> I mean, if it was about, you know, traveling the world and stuff. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, um, so, uh, but I've, I've, I've kind of changed. So that initial book was called my unplanned suicide. And that refers to the fact that your body is actually killing you. You know, it's you in, inside. So that's why I termed it a suicide. But I thought about it. And then later on, it was really more of, and referring to the uh, military side of us all, is, you know, the cancer, uh, the battle with myself. Um, and and I, that's even maybe a little bit too confrontational because myself is what is helping me win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got some rogues in there that, that I'm, I'm dealing with, but, uh, um, my, my objective is to capture the different things that I've tried and give due credit. I mean, I didn't learn all this stuff because I, I sat at a chalkboard and came up with all these theories and stuff. I did a lot of research and I fell into, um, great people, uh, with, uh, that went on a similar journey and succeeded. And then they, they put out a website. I want to give them a nod because I've taken a lot from them and I've springboarded. And that's where you really realize that, that, uh, it's not one size fits all, you know, you got to try different things. And then there has to be a way to measure. I think if, if in the cancer community, if they came up with that and not like, don't cure, cure it necessarily, but show me where I am being successful. I'll leverage that. I'll run with that. And then, you know, uh, each person can go on that different, different path. So I, I hope to have the book out. Uh, it might be too optimistic, but I, cause I'm working on another one, trying to get that one out before November. But, uh, I, I hope at the, maybe at the turn of the year. So another, you know, whatever that is, three, four months, I think it would be a good idea for us to come back and do a follow-up in November after you have your next scan. Uh, because yeah. then, then we can just, you can go down uh, some of the detailed uh, roads of what these, these eight day cycles and things that you're, that you're doing. And, and since you're, you're compartmentalizing them so much and then looking at results, you're going to have a little bit more data to share with us come November as to what, what did you do and what, what was that effect? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, there, there has to be maybe another way for me to, uh, you know, I'll put this all in the book, but, uh, you know, I'm not trying to, um, uh, I'm trying to get the information out as rapidly as possible. So, you, you know, in talking about some of these things, they're so, uh, I would say easy and it's food. It's, uh, some supplements that are cheap. 
Um, even the medications that I'm on with this clinic, it, it's really cheap. You know, I, I'm relatively cheap. You know, that's a term that Sprinkle varies with everybody. Sprinkle a dog dewormer. We're good yeah. to go. <laughs> go to Walmart or, <laughs> or uh, your grocery store. But, uh, you know, so the big thing is the why the alternative, you know, why, why alternative? And that, that, that's what this book is really about is, um, you know, some people I, I've heard, I don't know how many people I've heard, but I've heard so many people say, I just want it out of me. I just want it over. So they go with the conventional treatment and then they deal with the side effects and God bless them. You know, hopefully they're not severe and they can soldier on. Um, but, the, and I don't want to take anything away from anybody, but, you know, going through conventional treatment and, um, and this is probably going to sound harsh, but saying you beat cancer is a little misleading, you know, mm-hmm. versus, uh, if you fight the cancer and your body beats it, then then you did beat you the beat cancer. cancer. No, that, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So the why of it is to retain your quality of life and use nature and, uh, again, the system of systems that God gave us uh, that are supposed to operate in balance and, and figure out where the imbalance came from and then fix it. You, you know, what is it? Is it the stress? Is it the exercise? Is it mold in my house? Is it bad water? Is it uh, radiation? Is it radon? You know, all these things. It's like, hey, let's figure this out and then mitigate those and then do uh, cleanses are important, you know, gets uh, toxins and heavy metals out. And then you do uh, stuff to bolster your immune system. Uh, There's so many things that have been proven to do that. And then just let them rage, you know, and there, there's uh, other treatments. So we were talking early on about um, the insurance companies and stuff. So I got to the point uh, where I started learning stuff. So I said, immunotherapy. I said, huh, that sounds interesting. That's using your immune system to kill the cancer. So what they do is they, they extract uh, um, your... Um, T-cells uh, or T's? I think it's yeah. Yeah, T-cells. Uh, and they breed them and uh, they train them. They basically send them to boot camp. They take the protein from the, uh, and if, I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering this, but they take the protein from the cancer and they basically put the, train the-, the um, They teach the, you what uh, it looks like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they have a little, little uh, uh, whiteboard there and they draw a picture of it and say, this is your enemy. And then uh, they breed them into the billions and they infuse that back into your body. And then they're using your body's uh, killer mechanisms against uh, viruses and intruders to go get the cancer. So that's a treatment. So I said, why don't I do that? And they said, nah, you don't get that. That's not for you. You got to do radiation. You got to do surgery first. You, then you got to do radiation. That has to fail. Then you have to do... Um, uh, hormone deprivation therapy, HDT. And that is, uh, to me, that's horrible. That's, that's, uh, um, counteracting testosterone in a man or estrogen in a woman to fight the, uh, hormone driven cancers like prostate cancer, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, et cetera. So, uh, that's got to fail. And then chemo has got to fail and chemo doesn't work for, uh, uh, prostate cancer. It's like the, um, It'll give you a couple months because uh, it'll it'll shrink tumors and stuff, and then you can have immunotherapy. I go, eh, that's okay, thanks anyway. <laughs> so what? they wouldn't give me something that seems like it would make sense. It keeps your body whole, but it's not without 
risk too. You know, it, 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 um, it can malfunction. You could get like an AIDS like situation and a more immunodeficiency, um, reaction kind of thing. But, uh, and there are also other very interesting, uh, ways of, of dealing with cancer. One of them is uh, viral therapy. So, uh, uh, they do it down in, um, Mexico. So I've debated going down to one of their clinics because it's holistic. It's, it's alternative treatment, mm-hmm. but they, they give you something called, uh, um, I, I think I'm right on, on comparing these two things, but I think it's called Coley's vaccine and they inject you with a, a very, uh, aggressive virus. And then what it does is it, it, uh, hits the klaxon and, and all of your immune system starts going nuts and raging on all the foreign bodies in there. And incidentally, it kills the cancer. It's, you yeah, know. it's like starting a <laughs> GI party. <laughs> right. yeah. Wow. So. This was a lot of information. Um, if any of the listeners have specific questions or want to follow up with you, what's the best way to get a hold of you, LinkedIn, or uh, what do you prefer? I would think because uh, most of the information back and forth is going to go into the book that uh, probably the uh, A15 uh, publishing uh, site, and I'll, I'll give that as uh, my name, Pete at A15publishing.com. Awesome. That'll come directly to me. And then uh, I'd be happy to help answer any questions uh, that folks have about their situations if they have them. Um, and then also I'll, I'll direct them immediately to some of the sites that I leverage all the time that have an, an infinite amount of, uh, um, information and it would be look upable, uh, specific to their situation. Whereas I might not know, I, I don't know as much about breast cancer, uh, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera, as, as one of those sites might refer to, but I believe all of this stuff applies to everybody. And I've tried everything. Like I said, I've used my body as a laboratory <laughs> to, to try some of this stuff. And and there are times when I go, yeah, I'm not sure about that one. But uh, <laughs> Well, uh, thank you so much for this. And uh, honestly, I can't wait to have you back in November. Let's dive deep in the protocols and let's check in on on what what the 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 stats that came back with uh, with that scan. Well, thanks, JT, and and uh, thank you very much again for this. This is this is the most exciting thing I've done with this so far because it's been difficult. You know, I've offered uh, you know time and again little different uh, pieces of advice to different people, but not had the platform to reach out to uh, um, a group like this and and offer again. This is a theory, and and uh, it, it has worked so far. Uh, for me, I'm still kicking, I, and I feel good, and I'm, uh, everything's working. Uh, and I think in November, I, I'm I'm going to hedge a bet that that I'll be doing just fine. <laughs> awesome! I can't wait. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen, Colonel Pete Donovan.